Welcome to this bonus episode of the Melomancy Podcast, where in the last episode, episode 14, Sarge went on a rant towards the end about professional wrestling, and it was pretty good. I didn't want to, like, stop him until he got to his point, but after going through the editing, there was just so much of this conversation, it really dragged out the length of the episode, and so I cut most of it. But uh, some of you may actually care about wrestling and may have wanted to hear the whole thing unedited. So that's what this is. This is cut content from our last episode, all about professional wrestling. Enjoy. I I I just need a wrestling based RPG. I think <laughs> like I need that. Like like an MMO RPG, like a strictly old school type MMO, like Guild Wars and WoW, but like wrestling based. You want an MMO of Ultimate Muscle? Yeah, basically. I I want to be like, look, I'm a 12 foot tall, not 12 foot tall. I want to be realistic. I'm a six two luchador, like my newest favorite wrestler, Luchasaurus, which we can get into later. <laughs> no, no, tell me more. What is this? What is a Luchasaurus? <laughs> I don't think he's actually six two. I think he's a little bit taller than that. Uh, I haven't watched. WWE since this that isn't one storyline. This or... isn't WWE. This is WWE's competitor. I Which... haven't watched professional wrestling until that one storyline where Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero were feuding over the custody of a child. Because that was... I just couldn't do it. That, and then Eddie died. That, yeah. yeah. That was like kind of the nail in the coffin. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Dominic is uh, training to become a pro wrestler and making a lot of appearances on WWE TV right now. Which is Rey Mysterio's son that they were oh. feuding over. Yes. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah, but uh, no. So everybody knows the American dream. If you know anything about wrestling, you've at least heard the American dream is a name. You might have heard, if you don't know that, you might have heard his theme music. Or, yeah, likely, there's a lot of people that know, I'm just the son of a plumber. And his the the highlights of some of his promos not so not how, as much as everybody explain? knows the rock because the rock's cheating the rock is fucking huge is what do you call it anyway how how would you explain this to somebody who only knows about wrestling the hulk hogan sex tape they th that's going to be that's going to be <laughs> a lot more confusing because if they don't know who john cena and the rock are or Stone Cold, I'm going to be really fucking good. Like, okay, you only know about the Hulk Hogan sex tape, but you've never heard of John Cena or The Rock? Maybe not John Cena. He's not quite that big name. The Rock, though? You don't know who The Rock is in Stone Cold? Everybody knows those. Like, those are household names. Right? Yeah. Like, The Rock, the biggest household name. Like, he was the highest paid actor for a while. Okay. A lot bigger than his cousin Rashiki that put his butt in people's faces. Remember that he, guy? He wasn't when he was when he was wrestling. He was not bigger than him. Now though, Do that man looks like he eats two cows a day. He's bigger than everything. <laughs> he is not the Rock anymore. He is the Boulder. That is a tired meme, but it is a fucking fact. Anyway, do you remember that one guy that would eat worms? What was it? What was his name? The Boogeyman. Boogeyman. I'm coming to get. Is he you. still around? Uh, no, he's made some appearances, though. Uh, like, then their specials, like, oh, 20th anniversary, and blah, blah, blah. Like, that stuff, or uh, 
around the Hall of Fame time, WrestleMania time and everything. Okay, but how would I explain this? Um, everybody knows The Rock and Stone Cold, and that's because at that time that they were really at their peak and what helped push them to that peak was a time in wrestling history called the Monday Night Wars. This was when WWF, WWE now, was head-to-head with WCW. The WWE was what they are now. They were led by Vince McMahon, so on and so on. WCW was funded by Ted Turner, a huge person, huge name. Uh, you can The Ted get, Turner, like from Turner Cable. The right? Ted Turner. And he might not have been a big wrestling fan or something. Uh, or there's, there's a lot of conspiracies of how it happened. Uh, some people say the WWF released people and purposely had them get signed by the competitor to go over there because some of those people ended up on creative boards to help make the whole show what it was and it then tanked but the point is two huge money backed like huge money backed corporations or entities were duking it out every monday night you had monday night raw and you had uh nitro monday nitro i think or nitro might have been thursday yeah it cable television Monday night, choose between two of them, right? Because they were both on, same time slot, everything, different channels. Well, uh, during that time and a little bit before that time, the son of the plumber, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, who, if you watched during that time, or maybe you didn't watch, you may know of this person, Gold Dust, if you've seen him in a picture or anything. He he was a character. That's, that was the guy that dressed up. Um, he, he dressed up in all gold paint. He would kick people in the balls. Yes, right? and he was also uh, at that time like a drag queen, very like weirdly effeminate and stuff. And it really made people in the nineties. Yeah, it like, fucked with people really bad. Super homophobic. And this was also during a time where the peak popularity of this entertainment was going on, and the stands would be filled with college kids and adults and now it's like little kids so there was a lot of homophobia and everything blah 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 but gold dust is dustin rhodes dusty rhodes son then he has another son named cody rhodes he came and he was in the wwe for a while he wait was he gold dust the whole time who dustin dustin was yeah, yeah. dustin rhodes Dustin Reynolds. The whole time. Yeah, he was he was gold dust the whole time. No yeah. And then he went to WCW and did another gimmick over there and blah, blah, blah. he's gold dust. Yeah. Uh not Dusty. Dusty and Dustin are separate. Dusty is the son of a plumber. He's the OG. Right. And then there was Dustin. The American yeah. dream. Then there was Dustin and then there was Cody. Uh those two overlapped in WWE for a little bit. Cody got stuck with a stupid gimmick, and he wasn't really getting the attention he thought he deserved, so he left. When he left, he did some indies. He had some crazy matches with people that weren't in WWE that he kind of made a bucket list. He wanted to wrestle, and he went to Japan, and that was the last couple years. Uh, 
And that's a big thing for people because Japan was blowing up. There's a lot of really good talent that aren't just Japanese people, but Western-born folks over there, uh, the Bullet Club and such. He went over there. He made some friends with a tag team called the Young Bucks. And what is who a person who is arguably one of, like he's top three best wrestler in the world named Kenny Omega. And some of you might know him. Uh, he's done video game things and such. That yeah, yeah, he's uh was real big with like Street Fighter Five. He uh, his like was he in like in the competitive tournament scene or like yeah, well, he's a no, wrestler no, no. now. He was like famous. He's he was a wrestler, but he's like really into video games. And he's been in like he's been in like okay. uh, pro am type things and stuff where he showed up. So was the New Day for WWE, and they kind of have a feud going on in that realm, you know, that they talk about sometimes. Uh, his Twitter is Kenny Omega Man X to let you kind of, oh, he likes video games. Anyways, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks get together in New Japan and they, uh, their contracts are coming up to an end and they say, you know what? We're going to leave. And they've met a guy named Tony Khan, who is a son of a big money billionaire who owns the Jacksonville football team. They got a lot of money. And they start a company wow. called All Elite Wrestling, which people thought was a joke for a while because they were putting out uh, these videos that are like blogs that the Young Bucks were doing for a very long time. And it's kind of an ingenious marketing strategy. And uh, it's really good content, actually. But they start this company, and people are like, it's just a joke to sell t-shirts, and so on, because there wasn't anything coming from it. They did one big pay-per-view at the Sears Center, and people were like, you're never going to sell it out, and blah, blah, blah. You're not going to get this many seats. And I think they had set up the Sears Center in Chicago for like uh, 15,000 seats with which isn't what the Sears Center normally can hold, but when you lay out a venue for stages and stuff, you have to cut portions of it off and everything. They set it up for like 15,000 seats, and they sold out in like 10 minutes. And people were like, wow, people were like, wait a fucking minute. They started getting bigger. And then they started signing more and more people. And then Chris Jericho signed with them. The guy from the, the guy radio. From the radio. The guy from the podcast. The guy from... He was the first undisputed champion of WWE after it took over WCW. Was he the... He had... Yeah, he was had... Was he the first? Oh, belts. Chris Jericho. Fucking arguably one of the greatest to ever do it. Okay. They signed him. They also have a lot of other people. They have uh, JR, the voice of wrestling. Yeah. No way. Yeah. They no have way. Earl Hebner. They they signed JR away from the WWE yes. to this new no, thing. No, no. Uh, JR like was Wh- on like a work like a uh a, a what's it called? A per diem basis sort of thing. Like if you need me, I can show up and do a thing. And they were like, "What about this contract, yo?" And he was like, Okay, you know, 
like he took the contract. He was kind of he would like come to WWE and do stuff, but they WWE had fired him for some reason. I don't know. I I do, but it's a long story. Anyway, uh, then they uh, Arn Anderson, one of the four horsemen, with somebody everybody else knows. Everybody knows at least his name, Ric Flair. Arn Anderson, yeah. Nature Boy. Arn Anderson. Ric Flair. <laughs> legend. Absolute legend. His contract came up with WWE. AW was like, yo, you want a contract? He was like, yeah, I do. So he took that. They have uh, Earl Hebner. They've got some of the best talent in the world. And the rest of the actual best talent in the world is either under very heavy contracts or they want to stick to a specific region, New Japan, or they're in the WWE. You have some talented people there like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, etc., etc. But AEW has all of these people, and they also want to put a more focused approach on the wrestling and everything. Some people call them spot monkeys, which is like, oh my god, he just jumped off a roof or whatever. But they're not like that insane. Uh, it it feels a lot less overproduced, which is a lot of what people think the WWE is. Right, because the WWE yeah. they try to market yeah. for so like they, children, th- right? Whereas this is back to the roots of the early of the later nineties and early two thousands when it was yeah, about the adults. Yeah, but also not quite as Bad, right? Anyways, AEW got a TV deal. They're going to be airing Wednesday nights. Meanwhile, WWE has a developmental program that people think is by far and large uh, better quality. And it's not really ran by Vince McMahon so much as it's ran by Triple H. I mean... Vince McMahon oversees everything, obviously, but it's kind of like Triple right. H's thing, you know? So it's it's different. It's a different feel, even though it's under the WWE name, and just because it's developmental, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just taking newbies who don't know what to do and then getting them to a point that they think they're ready to go on TV and stuff. Some people are, but... uh. Other people can be big names and everything, and the company has a certain style that they want to teach you and everything, and if they don't think that you're super big enough name to just sign you, put you on to the main roster, they, they send you down there, and you do a little stint, and kind of, you know, learn, this is where you look, and this is uh, maybe the... They, they run a bigger ring. I know that they have a bigger ring than normal people, like the indies. So if you're a big star in the indies, then you get signed by WWE, you're going to their developmental program, NXT. And you're going to learn, instead of a 10 by 10 ring, you've now got a 20 by 20 or whatever, you know. So AEW gets this deal, TV deal. And they're like, fuck yeah, we're going live Wednesday night. WWE is like, we're going to get NXT a TV deal. So we're going to have the Wednesday Night Wars now, which could be huge. But 
AEW hasn't really put out a whole lot of content, but every time they do a show or a pay-per-view or anything, they have, like, sellouts. And they've even opened up the venue for thousands more seats and sold out those. So they're like, oh, we got 20,000 seats. 30 minutes later, they're sold out. They open up. They're like, holy fuck. They open up another 5,000 seats. Another 10 minutes later, they're sold out. Sold out type deal. Well, they have their first pay-per-view and their first show as AEW was called All In at the Sears Center. And that's where some crazy shit happened. And it got people hyped. They just did a All Out, which is the continuation of that. All In was like kind of a play like, if we do this, we have to go all in. You know, like it's make or break. They kind of have a gambling theme. They were like, if we do this, we have to go all in. So they called it all in. Makes sense. Uh, they they just did all out, which was where they crowned their first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. They had they had was it Chris Jericho? A lot of uh, we'll get to that. But they had a lot of other matches with people. Uh, Cody Rhodes fought some people. They do have some people from. Uh, WWE that came over like uh, some people may Dean may know Dean Ambrose now known as John Moxley he he signed over uh, some people may know Ty Dillinger he came over is Sean Spears uh, some people may know Neville he came he left the company went back to his name Pack or Pac and he went back to his career and now he just performed at that show I don't know if they signed him they also signed like a wrestling fan esports commentator to a full time commentation gig by the way just recently that's cool Um. anyways they did this show and they got some big names they had some pretty good matches I, I was watching it before the podcast to kind of learn and everything and I was watching highlights and stuff to like, really kind of keep it fresh in my brain. And it all went through, and Chris Jericho was, in fact, in the title match. And he was against uh, one of the NJPW Bullet Club slash The Elite, because they're not really the Bullet Club anymore. They were, like, a subsection of the Bullet Club where they called themselves the elite and they were different, blah, blah, blah. His name is Hangman Adam Page. Great wrestler. Great wrestler. Um, and it was him versus Chris Jericho for the championship. People were like, we think Chris is going to win because he's a veteran in the business. Name appeal. TV shows coming up. Makes sense. And they also thought that Adam wasn't as big of a name, especially in America. And it might be too early in his career and so on. But again, we'll get to that later. Because I do want to spoil it for everybody. You asked me about Luchasaurus. Oh, Luchasaurus. Yeah, that was quite... I, I had to get detour. you caught up Can you tell me about Luchador, man? to know what was up and kind of get the hype for the Wednesday Night Wars, okay? Because I'm pretty fucking excited about this. The Wednesday Night Wars seem pretty pretty exciting. So so let me make sure I'm following along correctly. The Wednesday Night Wars is WWE's response to this up and coming fresh take on wrestling. 
not controlled by the WWE. Sort of. Right? It's not that is a, a competitor to They them. say that they're, they don't want to compete. They went to a day that they didn't have a show on, dead in the middle of the week. Like, the WWE was airing NXT on their special subscription thing at like on like Fridays or something. Uh, SmackDown is Wednesday and Tuesday. They were just, or not Wednesday and Tuesday, fucking Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday, they had shows. Every Sunday, they have, not every Sunday. On Sundays is when they do their pay-per-views. That's the WWE thing. So they were, so they got a thing, and they were like, "We're gonna go Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to compete, even though they're like, some people think that Cody Rhodes, who is one of the driving forces and co-presidents of this company, who was seemingly scorned by the WWE, was building this company or venturing with this to stick it to them. Who knows? But." That's, they went with Wednesday. They weren't really trying to compete, it didn't seem. So when they said that, yeah. And then WWE was like, right. these guys are selling out arenas and shit. We thought they were just a bunch of indie clowns. And they're doing sellout of arenas nearly the size of, like, what we're providing in record time. Not, not record, but, like, way fast. Like, 30 minutes, 20,000 seats. Yeah. They, they alarming notice, time you know yeah. when you're a big company and somebody's and you're making donuts and somebody like starts up a cart down the street and your donuts are not selling as well and that guy fucking comes out for 10 minutes and all his donuts are gone you're gonna be like hey fuck you guy you know like, like we're, gonna, we're gonna have to start doing something here so they did they brought their developmental off of their subscription plan and they put they got them a TV deal for Wednesday, which matches up well because they're they're much more wrestling focused, not over uh, produced stuff. I mean, they they, they do have opera, the soap opera and the character work. It's just the nuance of it, right? Both of them, both of them. Uh, WWE still has the WWE feel, but it's more like an older feel, like the Attitude Monday Night War feeling, and. Uh, AEW's kind of got like a uh, a mixture of old Western wrestling, uh, Cody Rhodes and everything, and uh, New Japan, which is where a lot of the people cut their teeth and they got really big. So there's like a time limit matches, which is cool, even though you know it's fake. You know, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes goes by, it can end in a draw. You both could be fucked at twenty minutes. You know, there's no winner. And that's cool. They also wanted to do a uh, a bigger approach to tag team wrestling, which is where Luchasaurus comes in, which is cool. Now, I'm going to Google something, but Luchasaurus has a tag team partner named Jungle Boy, who some people may know the name Luke Perry. I believe he was on like uh, Dawson's Creek or 90210 or something. I can't remember. Uh, Jungle Boy yeah. is... Something like that. His son. Which is crazy. And he didn't do it like okay. my dad's this and everything. Like he didn't get that treatment. Like doors open. He's actually pretty good. It's it's cool. Like I, I really enjoy him and Luchasaurus, who is uh six foot five, two hundred and thirty-three pounds. Now, to put that into perspective, 
that man is a giant. And the 233 pounds is a lot of muscle. Like, mostly muscle. The, the man is huge, okay? And he wears a mask, and he has a beard, and he dyes his beard green, and his mask is a thing, and he's a, rah, I'm a dinosaur. And, you know, Jungle Boy sits on his shoulders because Jungle Boy isn't sick fucking five, and they got a cool little gimmick going. What's cool is Luchasaurus being 6'5", 233 pound, is doing Lucha shit. You brought up... You brought up... Like he's doing like Rey the Rey Mysterio, Mysterio fly around the room. I stuff. was about to say. Yeah, Rey Mysterio. High flying, yep. crazy Hurricane Rana, fucking top rope, flippy, crazy shit. He's doing it. This man's doing... No, Channeling his inner hurricane wishes. with his hurra powers. This man yeah, is... Yeah. He, he earns the name <laughs> Lucha Sword. Like, he's doing some Lucha ass shit. 6'5". This man is almost okay. as tall as, like, what is billed for Kane, the Undertaker, the big show is seven feet tall, mind you. So, and he's also a lot of muscle. If he were to take off the mask and have a different gimmick and be in WWE, you might be like, holy fuck, this guy's giant. You know, he's standing next to these huge people. He's big. But he's not. And, you know, and you would never expect him to be like, Hey, I'm gonna fucking do a kip up and then immediately look like I'm gonna drop kick your head, but now it's a hurricane rana. Like, holy shit, you're six five and you're doing that. Not necessarily to other people who are six five. Like, oh you just grabbed a five ten dude by the head with your calves and then did a flip and somehow didn't just break your skull on the mat. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. It's the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. I love it. <laughs> but he had a match there with Jungle Boy and some other guy. It was pretty good. Luchasaurus, though. 6'5", 233 pounds. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he apparently did train with NXT. I'm looking at his uh, thing here. And it's crazy. But uh, after he left the WWE development thing, in 2014, he later went on to Lucha Underground, which makes sense as to how he does all that shit, like, and know it all. Yeah, yeah, Lucha Underground is like the that, that's what the they big do, name right? Mexican promotion. So that's super cool. Actually, I I didn't know that. I haven't looked into him. Yeah, it's interesting. I know a guy that lives in Mexico. About Lucha Underground or Luchasaurus? You might know Luchasaurus. I don't know if he went under that name. But both. I mean. uh, no. Vibora. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I haven't had a chance to, to see. Um, I am hmm? going to send you a picture of this guy in his gotcha. thing. And you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I'm going to try to find a. Find him next to a person. Oh, here we go. Like his, his face paint and everything is super cool. They have a lot of him without face paint. So I want to see if I can get him standing next to a person. Next to a person. Yeah, like I, I banana for scale. <laughs> uh, I I can't. And I'm just finding a lot of pictures of him unmasked and everything. But dude is huge. And they had a really good match. It 
all out. And I don't want to spoil too much of it, but I am going to spoil the main event. The main event, of course, being Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho. They had a really good match. They had a crazy match. It was good front to back. It really showed that uh, Hangman can do that level of work, as it were. Like, you know. Hang with the best. He can hang with the the good people of the industry. And that's not saying like, oh, Chris Jericho's a legend and la la la. He's old and slow. And no, Chris Jericho's also proved that he can hang with the best. He's had like two matches with Kenny Omega and they've both been really good. Mind you, Kenny Omega, like I said earlier, hailed as one of the best in the world. Like top three hands down. So, it shows that even in age, Chris Jericho... I mean, with a name like Kenny Omega, (laughs) can you really afford to be bad? But Chris Jericho has had matches with him, and he showed that even in his old age, he's a fucking monster. Like, he... I say his old age. He's older. Like, he's... He still goes. He can still take the hits and do all that. He's really, really good. So, it was Hangman Page, who has had good matches, and he's hung with some very good workers, as it were. But he hadn't had, like, the main event feeling. You know, he hadn't had that level of spotlight shown on him. So, he got his chance. And it was him versus... Chris Jericho. Now, this is all predetermined. Uh, WWE can be as somebody walks out for their entrance, according to stories. I don't know how long this was set in scale or everything, but they had a fucking fantastic match. You can go look up the highlights on YouTube. Just AEW all-out highlights. Uh, Don't sue me. (laughs) Yeah. The future for wrestling and is bright because competition has begun anew, like the good old days came it, that the everyone first ever that got us into wrestling was all about. A legend in the business and a great WCW champion, great WWE champion, possible great AEW champion versus somebody who is, uh, I think he's actually labeled as one of the co-presidents. He's like in the group, one of the founding members, great person. Like, good wrestler and everything. Uh, at his core is AEW homegrown talent versus each other for the AEW belt. The first ever AEW champion, Chris Jericho. Of course it is. I mean, fucking name alone. I understand the marketing ploy. It would have been kind of crazier if they did it on their weekly televised show and they had Paige do it and win. But. That might have been, like, too much. Like I said, from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense. And Chris Jericho further cements his legend as a fantastic wrestler. And he's being awarded by the bookers appropriately. You know? So, I, I, I appropriately-ish. Do I think he should have won it? What a legend. Yes, I think he should help the belt at some point. Do I think... I think this was the right time from a certain viewpoint 
makes sense. Like I said, marketing. Uh, I talked about how some people thought it was too early in Hangman's career. Maybe it just seemed it was correct booking for them to mat have a match and everything. It seemed all right. I just feel like there could have been a different route taken where maybe neither of them were the top guys and for the main event there. Like, it, something seems off, but it was still fantastic. There seems like if, if something had changed, you know, maybe it was the stipulation, maybe it was uh, something, and maybe they didn't want to go through a gimmick like a a double count out or something for this cuz that would be kind of lackluster you really have to protect certain things in there you know like uh if you treat the belt as just a toy that you're just handing off you know oh he won the first ever title you know if the first day of the tv thing he loses it and then the next week somebody else wins it and that it doesn't mean anything Right, like it has to have a protection around it. You gotta give it substance, and when you predetermine everything, you have to be very careful with that because people know that makes sense. Speaking of professionals, you know, uh, I once almost went to a show uh, at my local casino for a, a different wrestling company that was all midgets. That's weird. <laughs> 